Keepers, it's your Kansas City Kaijin, Brandon, here with another Super Sentai Brothers side project with Podzuki. Talk about episodes four through eight. Uh, it's another great one. We're having on special guests, Martin Felschman. You might be familiar with him, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, local Chicago comedian. Uh, he does other podcasts, I believe. Uh, anyways, we had a blast. As always, if you like this episode, rate and review us on your chosen podcast app. Uh, send us an email at podzukipodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at podzuki. That also works. But uh, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this. It's still crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep my business off the ground. Switch my style like I switch hands. Going on war in foreign land. Fuck out the way, bitch. Back it up. Shit better get played in the palace. Wait. What, uh, what do you do? Locksmith. Oh, yeah. It'd be funny if you were like, I work for Moms Against Drunk Driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cop. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Cops should have to be sober for their job and also always be in misery. Um, we're going to get... I, my favorite thing about this podcast is we're definitely getting into some serious ACAB talk with, I think, episode six it was. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. There's, uh. some, there's some fun moments there. Yeah. The werewolf episode. That's just what I'm going to call it I, now. I, oh, God. I have so many... I have so uh, many things to seven, say sorry. about the werewolf. Yeah, that was episode. seven. I, I still love the werewolf episode. I think it's it's some of the finest television ever made. Yeah. Werewolf, werewolf episode has my favorite villain. I I just need to say that right now. Yeah, yeah. You mean Mac tonight? I mean I mean Moon Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean marvelous Mister Moon Man. <laughs> the marvelous Mister Moon Man, as written by Amy Pearson. <laughs> 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 <Andy, no. laughs> Amy Sherman Paramandino that I got there. So that's really good. I should be money for it. Um, oh, okay. I, I I guess we could just this is a, I was just gonna vape vape. I was gonna I was gonna vamp and it turned into vape. I was just gonna vape it up. Um Crank and down. cloudy. Just this real quick here. Um it is a working knife. Oh, this is a knife oh yeah, no, it's pretty sharp. Yeah, get out the knife. It's about to be. Yeah, nice. oh, it's a Gerber baby. <laughs> I left my box knife at home. Yeah, I have a few so I'm uh, I'm playing with uh, so I, I'm gonna give this away. Welcome to Podzuki uh, talking Super Sentai Bros. Um, it's the Kaijin, uh, the Kansas Kaijins here to, here again. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon uh, Kirkman. So feel free to introduce yourself. We need theme music. I am uh, the giant sentient pot leaf filling in for Nathan Parker. Nice. I go by Weed Mask. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a villain with the fact there's like 85 episodes eventually. So. I'm waiting for Weed Mask. It'd be something innocent where he's just like controls floor or something. He definitely like have very big pothead things to him. And I'm 50% cop, 50% werewolf, 100% boyfriend material. <laughs> there he is. Sounds like my favorite like sitcom that never existed from Fox. We're <laughs> in two seasons. So it was pretty good. That's where uh, actually Adam Scott got his start. You know, the first major role. Nobody even talks about that anymore. Right? Yeah. It's kind of a shame. Yeah. What was that one Jack Black uh, show that he was working on with Ben Stiller that was like about a motorcycle that could talk? Well, oh, you just blew show. my fucking mind. No, it's it's a real thing. It's uh, what? I'm gonna Google real quick why uh, we introduced our guest. Our this is, I guest. believe your first time guest on Podzuki in general. I think too, which is uh, let me see. I think Martin Fleshman is your name. I have written down here. <laughs> I think we've I think we've met before. 
Probably. Yeah. yeah th- thanks for having me on, Brandon. And yeah. Nathan, Zachary, thank-, thank you boys for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, please. Yeah, the first time. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go completely insane this episode. Let's go Marin with this. Let's yeah. get really... Let's get... Where do you come from? What are you about? Yeah. What, what, what do your parents do? And what, what did your parents do? All right, what I do to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, say that, oh, I say that jokingly, but there's a few episodes where Marin has been like... That's the first, like... 300 episodes yeah. of WTF. Which actually I think is the first thing that made me like as an adult listening to that podcast. I'm like, it really does seem like he's trying to grow. Instead of him like trying to, you know, yeah. issue, like, oh no, it's always nice. He's like, no, nah, I was an asshole to you. Let's just get into it. Right <laughs> I mean, Brandon, if you want me to lay it all down on the table, I can talk about the things you've done to us through Podzuki. Yeah, a lot of just inconsiderate things constantly. <laughs> I mean, I don't, y'all know Jason Flynn, lovely, lovely person. <laughs> yeah. we, we had them on as a guest one night. Um, Brandon, just being the wonderful planner they are, we're like, oh, hey, we can just do this after the open mic and after you get out of work. Fucking Jason doesn't get out of work until like 3 a.m. <laughs> and they also are so far away, it takes them like two hours to get to Brandon's apartment. We're recording a fucking episode at 5 a.m. We stayed up at his place watching fucking Space Ghost Coast to Coast all night, which was lovely, but we also <laughs> all had work in the morning. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, and it's all because Brandon can't fucking plan anything. It's true. Well, I was. That's when I think I was working my my night job still too. So I was like, I don't care. Well, well, you were you were working the door at Comedy Cellar, right? Yeah, Comedy Store, where my hero Louis C.K. would come down. uh, I always shake his hand firmly. It'd be kind of sticky. Um, you know, just the usual you stuff. You were coked out of your mind. Everybody yes. knows. <laughs> uh, here, by the way, here's the description of Heat Vision and Jack, which was the pilot that they did make of Jack Black getting uh, powers. Heat Vision and Jack. Yeah. Uh, this is the pilot, which is the pilot opens with Ben Stiller talking about the cancelled Ben Stiller show, so it does tie into Ben Stiller. <laughs> nice, <laughs> it's canonical. Right. Emmy Award he won for the show, and sarcastically criticizing George Lucas for having not won an Emmy, which is true. After a short sting, Heat Vision uh, then opens uh, with a title sequence explaining how Jack gained a, uh, his new powers, and how Heat Vision came into existence, which is a talking motorcycle. So, Wait, the talking motorcycle is named Heat Vision? Yeah. That sounds... Does it have... Heat Vision? Uh, let me see real quick. He was created when Jackson employed roommate Doug was shot by an experimental ray gun, causing him to merge with a motorcycle. He's wait, wait, wait. So he's Turbo Teen? He's Turbo Teen. <laughs> but now you're... Now this is... I feel like we're getting into the game section very early. Who do you all think voiced uh, Heat Vision, the talking motorcycle? Uh, um... Fuck. I mean, like, there's a big part of me that wants to say, like, Bob Odenkirk. That's a good... That's a good guess. <laughs> or, like, Andy Dick. That's also know. a really great guess. Excellent guess. But here, do you want to take a shot at it? Um, David Hasselhoff. David Hat. That's also a good guess. It was Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wait, wait. So he was a motorcycle before he was a car. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, we've seen, we saw your motorcycle work. That we just, think we that can handle two real. more wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, this is what got him into the Disney world of cars. I guess it's Pixar, though, technically. So, um, One second. Okay, get that in. Leave it in. Double yeah. it. I just had to look, look up Fred Melamed because I wanted to remember his name and think about how he should have been in that show somehow, but he wasn't. So, RIP to a real one. So is I, he dead? I, I don't know. Okay, I got <laughs> to Google so much this episode. I'm sorry, it's really throwing it off. Okay, he's still alive. Thank God. Oh, I love. I just I love that Fred. He's so great, especially Cy Abelman and uh, Serious Man. So, oh, he's um, a legend. Just uh, had the opening shot with it. Okay, I don't need it. Well, let's let's talk Super Sentai. Yeah, what? can we can we talk about how the uh, opening uh, credit sequence changed mm. in this episode? Yes, uh, where like instead of like the explosions and motorcycles and all that stuff, um, 
we got something a little different, which was just a black screen. Yeah. And it read, I like couldn't believe that they did this. April 1805, Napoleon is master of Europe. <laughs> Only the British fleet stands before him. Oceans are now battlefields. <laughs> Once again, I'm going to say this. I hope that Rob uh, is listening to this podcast. Because, uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. He needs to. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you did that. I'm glad that we brought that bit back. We are talking episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8 of Himitsu uh, Secret Sentai. Also changed to Himitsu Super Sentai later on because it's the first Super Sentai series. Where we got eventually Power Rangers made in 1975. Um, we're just going to get right into it. We're picking up where we left off last episode. We're on episode 5 which is titled Green Anger, A Mortal Gas Person. Um, it, it's... There's so much going on in this episode that I want to get into right away. I adore Nazi Shy Guy. Yeah, Nazi Shy Guy was really cool. <laughs> he's got, well, he's like, he's one half Nazi, one half like Napoleon, which I think is really great. Well, he's like, he's he's got, uh, he's definitely got Nazi vibes, but with more of a, like a sort of a World War One yeah. German aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, I do need to ask you all, are you watching it subtitled or dubbed? Dubbed. Oh, I did the subtitles. Okay. I've been mostly doing subtitles. So I was watching it subbed, but I watched these episodes dubbed, and I generally watch subtitles because I don't want to lose the uh, authentic experience, yeah. but I think the authentic experience of this show transcends language and culture. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even languages. And the dub is incredible. It's uh, pretty wild. The dub fucking goes places. It goes so- in. This is what I'm curious about. Is the dub like a dub they did a few decades back when it was coming out, or is this like a group of people did it? I think it's an old, old, like it, it, they did it years ago. Yeah. It, it has that old school dub. Fuck, I'm going to have to Dude, Google again. Well, I, I think it's a really interesting idea because it's, it's kind of, it is kind of hard to tell if it was a professionally done dub or if it is a fan dub. That, that's the thing. It's either a professionally done dub from the time or a fan dub done fairly recently. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it's, uh, it's wild. Episode 5, Gas Mask. It, whoever dubbed him, it, Emmys. All that, that person better have an EGOT. Gas Mask is my favorite villain. Gas Mask rules. I'm going to have to go back. He's and... calling people idiots. I'm like, that's what's so, up. So, this is an interesting one, which is, I just found an entry on Lost Media Archive, which is Star Rangers... Which was going to be the American version of, uh, you know, Go Rangers, which is partially found Go Ranger English dub from 1979. Um, it was made for a Filipino TV channel because they would dub things in uh, English pretty often, and also Hawaii, oh. which makes sense because they dubbed a lot of shows for the Japanese population that lives in Hawaii in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice the Hawaiian population of uh, Japanese expats there. Um, that's why a lot of the Ultraman shows from the 60s, other than. The original Ultraman have been dubbed in English, so it's pretty interesting. Cool. Um, good for them, you know. Um, I also wanted to say this, too. They uh, Oh, this actually is the dub for sure, because they said the ten episodes are up on archive.org. Um, <laughs> Martin, did you get to watch any of the first episodes or any of that? I, I watched the very first episode. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, I love it. I'm, I am going to continue watching these episodes along with you boys, even if I'm not on future episodes. <laughs> Spiritually up in the background, like in the clouds, mm. nodding down at us sagely. Um, <laughs> know my spirits in the rafters of this basement. Oh, thank you. Uh, did you Did you watch the first episode before the fifth episode? 
No, I, I watched the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth episode before the first episode. Okay, this is before I, I discovered that each member of this team they were all designated survivors. Mm-hmm. Just like Keith herself. <laughs> True PTSD in motion. Um, the thing I'm really looking forward to asking all of our guests moving forward when they watch these episodes if they don't watch anything else and they just give the one like, how did you feel when suddenly that you realized that the main leader is the Ku Klux Klan dude? <laughs> just popping up on the screen. Full outfit and everything. It, it took me back uh, to, to memories of one of my favorite Adult Swim series, uh, My Nora Team. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just a perfect mirror into my past and everyone else's future. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how that show's aged. Uh, honestly, not as bad as you'd think. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta think that like they, they had to be ahead of the ball with that one. But it, I'll just have to go and watch it, you know? All of the episodes now and then do a podcast about it. Because um, that's modern day. It's all about content, baby. And mm-hmm. content's king. Um, but you know what else is king? Uh, Super Sentai. I'm bringing it back. I thought you were going to do an ad. No, yeah, I, I thought you were going to be like butcher if I could, like... if I could remember word for word the Master and Commander tagline, I would have started going into that. So <laughs> You can edit that in later. Yeah, that's true. I, I could do that. That sounds like kind of a good idea. Um, getting back to episode five. We're going to introduce right away to, um, we got the, the Green Ranger sitting around, which i got to remember his name, Kenji, and he, you know, he's still, he's still pretty upset about everything going on. He, uh, he recently ran into the gas mask, uh, a poison gas mask, and this is the first episode, this is another weird thing too, for the episodes you watch or you haven't watched, they go through and they all get revenge on, like, the mask that killed their team. But the weird thing we notice is that all the way from episode one to four, the the corresponding team member doesn't really seem to care too much. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird that episode five suddenly the one where they're like, "Oh, this guy actually wants revenge for his team getting killed." Yeah. So I'm thinking, "Hold like, me back, hold me back." Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like the pink and the yellow ranger, like oh, my teammates are kind of dicks. Yes. Actually, it's kind of good to be a free agent now. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> they like they mention it briefly in some of the episodes, uh, but this is the first episode where he's like, "Yeah, I want to kill this motherfucker." It was like a driving plot thread of that episode oh, yeah. where he's like, "I shouldn't go," but it's yeah. it's it's like it's like first blood. Yeah. yeah, it is a lot like first blood. I thought one of the funnier lines I wrote down too is which is uh, the their their master chief or their 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 commander, their master commander. Uh, he said that we're not about revenge. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this entire team is about revenge. Every episode has been bloody all, bloody revenge. All they've done so yeah. far is get vengeance I mean, on their enemies. Well, well, here's the thing: if they don't care about killing these guys. What I've seen is just a lot of really solid team building exercises. They're all <laughs> yeah. working together on that final attack, oh, revolving yeah. around murder. <laughs> I, that's another feeling that you you hit on. I feel like when we have guests, I think every guest is going to be very excited when they see what the final attack is. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's yeah. really great. Top notch. I know they 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 change it. And they get a few different ones as the series goes, but I hope it's like episode one through 80 is them doing the cyber ball and 85 is like okay we're gonna get like a cannon or something yeah. they're like should we switch it up <laughs> yeah. like have we been getting mail they're about this like they're like every week tactical every week. mounted rocket launcher <laughs> on the back of a chevy they just have a very practical episode it's like our budget for exploding cyber balls is going through the roof we keep doing that. <laughs> we've found a more efficient way <laughs> we got a budget for a handgun this week <laughs> Or they all team up and, like, contact the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> it's just them throwing a phone yeah. to each other. And they're like, yes, now on. We found him, officer. We need you to wield your power unwisely. <laughs> <laughs> that's another stereotype I think that's funny when you watch old cop shows. And you're like, oh, you think being a cop's just wielding your power whatever you want? I'm like, that, yeah, that's that's why people become officers. Yeah. Um, uh, loose cannons. God bless them. Uh, ruin the mind of many generations of everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so episode five gets cooking. The the gas mask, uh, the poison gas mask is out killing 
trying to figure out where the the go rangers are um there's a there's a point in the episode too where he figures out where their their bases or gets a lead on it so he goes undercover to go kind of infiltrate it and it's very funny to me because he's in like a giant black cloak where it's obvious like there's something fucked up with this mm-hmm. dude yeah, they, they 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 just like they he's dressed up as like an old man. Yeah, who is who like he's they uh, they ask him why he's smoking, and he literally says, uh, "It's not smoke, it's, it's gas." Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I hope you're okay." <laughs> Rare condition. I fired out of my mouth. Um, I just love that like he's so easily thrown where he like gets this lead, and then the the, the chef slash the master commander is like, "Nah, he ain't here." He's like, "Okay, fair." I'll see you. All right. Bye. Yeah, yeah the, he, he, he shares a look with somebody, and it's like, oh, you, you, you think? You, you think this is the guy? Yeah. So Green Ranger sees him in the cafe leaving, and he's like, okay, I'm going to get my revenge. We all know how this plot's going to go. He gets mm-hmm. his ass beat by the poison gas mask. They bring him back to the evil lair. He's getting electrocuted in the really bad special effects, but in a very charming way. Oh, so cool, though. It, it's yeah. so sick. It's the classic, like, drawn panel each frame. Well, they're, they're also so uh, torturing him. Yeah. Yeah, what, a, there's a torture scene. Yeah, what uh, what movie is that? It's Michael Madsen, the famous torture scene. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, yeah. yeah. It was very Reservoir Dogs. Circa powering. Dancing around. <laughs> yeah. He's listening to, uh, what's his face on the radio? I can't remember. can't pull that name. It's not, it's not, no, it is, it is, it is Harry Nelson. No. That's what it is. It well, says, the song is Harry Nelson. Yeah. Who's the DJ in that scene? Oh, the, yeah. Uh, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright is the Oh, DJ. that's right. <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got there. The best. He's the fucking best. Uh, Love Stephen Wright. It's, uh, God, I hope he's, he's got to be doing well. I think he just made a lot of money from doing stand-up when he could do it back in the day and just living off of it. Yeah, he's a Boston guy. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Good for him. He did a lot, he did enough TV to be doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's got some TV residuals. I feel like if he needed to get money, he could just jump in any voice acting like career role and people would be like, of course, yeah, it's Stephen Wright. Give him in. <laughs> I, this is, we're... Probably spending too much time on Stephen Wright because he has nothing to do with. Uh, he has Rangers. a lot. I'm sure he but, does. <laughs> but have you got, there's a, a movie called um, Ca- uh, Canadian Bacon. You guys ever seen a movie called that Canadian was the, Bacon? No. Wasn't that the Michael Moore film? Like the first. This is this is Michael Moore's only, as far as I know, foray into live action scripted comedy. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. With John Candy and like Rhea Perlman. Right, Perlman. Real one. Oh. And Stephen Wright plays a Canadian Mountie. He's got a really couple of really funny scenes where he's being he's like writing thank you notes to prisoners <laughs> for being so polite. <laughs> Instead, oh, really good. it's amazing. I, I love this. Could be a new part of your show. You can call it the Stephen Right of Way. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> Gotta make a jingle for this that week too. on the Stephen Right of Way. <laughs> a Stephen Wright movie you should watch. I like, I like how there's so many people that are still uh, like upset at Michael Moore because like both his documentaries about school shootings and violence are very true, and nobody want to listen to him. But then he's like, "Hey, you all seem really stupid. I, I, I want you to know." that Donald Trump's probably going to win and nobody believes me. And then, uh, sure enough, he won. And then he's like, what? I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. To be fair, Michael Moore always predicts that in every fucking election cycle. Yeah. And, it, uh, yeah, he was he was, he was was technically correct. He was saying that back in 2000. Yeah, he was yeah. like, Donald Trump Trump's is going to win. <laughs> he says it every four years. He's just going to be on the right-in ballot. Everyone's going to do it. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to his presence scene 2024. Anyways, uh, <laughs> can, I, can I nitpick a, a, a no, moment uh, before the before he gets tortured? 
uh, and and captured by gas mask. For some reason, he's he's fighting them, and they're they're near the tunnel. Yeah. Right. They're in the tunnel. Yeah. Why would you go into the tunnel to fight somebody named Gas Mask? Yeah, he can use it. the natural terrain to his advantage so easily. Yeah. They have to jump out of the tunnel, back into the tunnel, and it's a little... Talking about, like, uh, that and also the music and special effects this episode, the the, the special effect noise they play when he vanishes and comes back, I don't know what it is, but something about it's so good. (laughs) The blooming, and it's just, he's out of there. Uh, I love cartoon logic so much, but um, when he's getting tortured and they're, like, basically telling him, like, hey, call over your super rangers so they can all get killed by me... um, my favorite thing, and it's the villain-like monologue, but in a different way, of is like, okay, well, I'm going to get repaired now, so I want you to say out loud what's the way I can be killed. And there's the mortal circuit in the back of his neck, and he's like, okay, well, hey, everybody, that's where it is. That's the mortal circuit. In the back of my neck. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I can't be killed, uh, but oh, I'm going to do this right now. Doesn't uh, Gas Mask have a moment where he, he Zieg Heils? I think he does. He he straight up Zeke Hiles uh, at some point after he's torturing our boy. Yeah, I think he, he ate a really good sandwich. He's like, this one's for you, Hitler. And <laughs> <laughs> just like stood up. Mm. <laughs> oh, this ham's so good. Hurrah um, for the Fuhrer. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they um, he basically tortures him until he... This is where it gets really wild, my favorite part of the episode. He tortures him until he kills the Green Ranger. And then he wants to lure them yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> He kills the Green Ranger yeah. in this episode. He does it. We can't emphasize that enough. The Green Ranger dies. Yeah. Fully dead in this episode. But you're you're wondering, it's like, Brandon, I know Japan's classic obsession with crucifixions and the cross. <laughs> when What episode of Super Sentai or, uh, is, is this going to happen where they put him on a crucifix? Is it going to be... Episode 20, episode 73. No, it's episode 5. We get, <laughs> we get our crucifixion of the Green Literally Ranger. crucified, dead on the cross. I've, I've thought about this a lot, and I think the reason it pops up in so much like anime and Japanese culture and media is that they saw the crucifixion, or they see Jesus on the Christ, or Jesus Christ on the cross all the time, and they're like, damn, that's fucked up. We gotta use that. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Well, do we have the original air date of this episode? This could have been their crucifixion play. It would have been sometime uh-huh. in 1975, so... I mean, Easter did happen in 1975. But we have to ask yourself, when did Piss Christ happen, though? <laughs> Let me look. I gotta Google another thing here, so... Do I actually you, do want to PC culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Piss Christ was a huge uh, statement in the, the world of, uh, you know, art and modern art of that time, so... Let's see, Piss Christ. This is uh, the Googling music. Bum, 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 1987, bum, 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 bum. It's a, yeah, an immersion of in 1987 of a photograph by an American artist photogra- or photographer, Andre Serrano, where he depicts a small plastic crucifix submerged in a glass of, uh, glass tank of uh, the artist's own urine. So, that's uh, piss Christ. Uh, you learn something new every episode. Really, I keep thinking you're about to say Passion of the Christ. It's the piss, piss of the Christ. Piss of the Christ. <laughs> I mean, it changed the world of installation art and just saying that. Uh, Not uh, a joke. It's actually true. There's a scene in The Passion of the Christ. Have you guys seen that movie? Uh, Jesus, you know, Jesus, you've heard about this guy. He's. uh, You heard about this guy? Well, he was a carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. He was a carpenter, this guy. This guy was a carpenter. One of my Jesus. um, He knew a trade. One of my favorite uh, Kids in the Hall sketches where they talk about him being a carpenter. And uh, they come to the conclusion he was really bad at it, so that's why he had to become the savior of mankind, because he's like, I gotta get out of this job. <laughs> I'm no good at this. <laughs> well, well, in The Passion of the Christ, Jesus is a pretty great carpenter. Hmm. And oh. you know he's a pretty great carpenter, because 
uh, one day his 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 virgin of a mom uh, comes slut. out into the backyard, <laughs> and uh, and he's constructed something that looks just like this. It's a flat oh, piece I of remember wood. Remember this? It's so stupid. With, I hate this movie. with four pillars beneath each corner, and it's those those four pillars are supporting the piece of wood. And as a matter of fact, it looks really familiar, like something that we would call a table today. A tabla. But in but in this version of the world. Tables just haven't been invented yet. <laughs> Tables. <laughs> so so Jesus has built this thing, and his mom just doesn't understand what it is. She literally is, like, confused by it. And he's like, look, you can put stuff on it. And she's, like, holding a cup of water, and he says, put it on there. And she, like, terrified look on her face. And she, like, approaches <laughs> it and, like, gently puts down the cup and, like, jumps back. <laughs> and she's like... According to the Bible, we had cups before we had tables? I guess so. You know uh, the most fucked up thing though, is according like, to Mel Gibson, we had we had a uh, before we invented tables. We had the the oh, I forgot what they call them. The thing you put the cup on coasters. We had coasters. <laughs> we <laughs> we just not remember coasters. Or... One day we're gonna have to respect wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, the Zippo came out before matches, oh, so you would know. you would think it's the other way, but it's. Yeah, that's so science. Like table. Yeah, that is weird that we had the Zippo and then somebody's like, "We got to make a disposable one thousand version of this." Yeah, but matches do kind of make sense though in a way. I mean, you have those like little boys that would sell matches back in the fifties. Oh man, I was listening to a podcast episode about uh, about uh, matchstick like kids yeah. who would make and sell matches. You know, it's like the worst job, right? So it's just like you know, basically uh, orphans doing that kind of work, and the the chemicals in Strike Anywhere matches would give you uh, a disease uh, that had a really silly-sounding name, but it would just rot your lower jaw off. Oh, Jesus. Until it was just fucking gone, and, like, uh, it killed a lot of um, children. But one survived, hence the villain of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then Iowa right now is like, we gotta get those orphans back on the street working. (laughs) All he needed was an immortality chip. Which, by the way, just like, (laughs) go for the immortality chip. Hit him in the back of the head one time. This is is my, I want to talk about specifically, my favorite trope in all of media is that they get into a fight with him they do the they do the Go Ranger Storm, which you got to see in their mm-hmm. finishing move, where they kick a soccer ball and he explodes. But he's immortal, so it doesn't work. So it, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> the way that they react, he's immortal. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, Green Ranger saw this, and it's my favorite trope where Gas Mask goes, "I'm invincible." He jumps behind him and he goes, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite time. Any time in media that somebody announces, like, I'm invincible, I can never be killed, and then they're instantly shot, and they're like, oh, right, my weakness, guns. <laughs> Gas Mask has, a, has, like, a real quick turnaround on something else a little bit earlier, yeah. where he's, like, he's he's tortured Green Ranger to death. He's yeah. totally dead. Uh, we didn't explain his revival, by the way. Oh, I Combine their powers and just revive him immediately. Yeah. We can get back to that in a second, though, because right before that... Uh, he kills the Green Ranger and he says to his goons, call the Go Rangers. And then there's a cut and the Go Rangers are outside. He says, what? The Go Rangers? <laughs> bam, bam. Yeah, it's just classic ADHD villain. <laughs> I, I said, call them. Don't let them just show up. I didn't take my riddle in today. <laughs> yeah. 
it's, it's an incredible yeah. scene. I mean, I'm going to say this right now. This is the first villain I'm like, I'm sad to see go. I really yeah. liked him a lot. He There's a lot of personality. I mean, Jade Mask, like we said the last episode, he had a lot too. Jade Mask was so fun. Because he had that crazy laugh. But like with him, he just, he's such a, he's such a fun idiot. That's what I think I loved about him. And he's just, you. I, I can't stress enough, watch the dub, because whoever dubbed Gath Mask is just... Does, do they leave in his incredible giggle, or do they... Oh, yeah. The, they, so they leave in the original... Well, no, giggle? I think the, the dubber adds their he take has on the It's all... One thing about Gas Mask is he's, he's a little giggle monster. He's, yeah. he's, a, little, he's a little giggle guy. Oh, I'd smoke, probably. Happy 420, <laughs> yeah, everybody. I, I promise we'd, we'd start this this episode, which is the curry count of... So Yellow Ranger <laughs> loves his curry... There is no curry count in this episode, but he mentions that uh, he wants to get a plate of curry later at the end of this episode. So I'm like, should I add this to it? I say yes. I added one to the curry yeah. count. Okay. Uh, I want to uh, shout out uh, Curry Boy uh, yeah. for the fight when they go to rescue Green Ranger. Yeah. Where he is like, he's grappling with one of the goons. And he says, you make me so angry it brings me more strength. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just three guys and they all go down <laughs> at once. I feel like that's like every white guy that's bad in a relationship right before he punches through drywall. <laughs> you make me so angry, I can punch the drywall. My yeah. driver. <laughs> he gets some, he gets, uh, for a little foreshadowing, he gets some baller kills too. Yeah, he, he does. fucking does. Yeah. He, he has some great moments in they, all these episodes. Once again, I, I feel like I'm pretty up there with Yellow Ranger. I like Green Ranger a lot this episode. He was very fun. Yeah. He, yeah. he reinforces that he's cool because he's got a boomerang. I love the design of his suit, but also he's stupid. I love that about <laughs> him. I, I have two quick things I want to ask everyone about. Is is there an established reason why when they are in order to do their final attack they go one two three five four? I've been thinking about this. They never go in order for anything they do because there's other times where they like line up or they'll do the ranger call and it's never one two three four five. But they have one two three four five on their helmets. Yeah. Is 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 there a reason for that? I think it's to get into the philosophy that there's no order to the actual universe and everything is chaos and entropy. Eventually, Steve. that's why they do it. <laughs> The commander's been uh, smoking the old uh, magic <laughs> mushrooms a little too much, if you ask me. He's getting crazy up there. <laughs> been really into Joe Rogan, you know, like. I, I also wanted to ask if it, so I, I grew up with Power Rangers, and I need to ask if it bothers anyone else that the colors, the, the color coordinated outfits they wear in their, like, civilian lives do not no, match up with their colors. Ranger colors. Oh. It confuses me so much. <laughs> oh, it's awful. So, I cannot handle once again, it. Don't because... get me wrong. Yellow Ranger looks great all the time. She looks like the most fucking stylish Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. But it doesn't match up with, like, her, her pink ranger no, ensemble. No, none of this stuff makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, Red Ranger is in a white suit with, like, a black undershirt or all the Blue time. Blue Ranger being an orange cowboy. Yeah. Which, Which I love it's that. A good Red look. Ranger it's a great look. just wears a green suit. He yeah. should... He, it's, it's so green. It's so green. <laughs> it's concerning. Um, <laughs> they, I think it's funny because at some point they do change because in... I mean, they do that in Power Rangers, which I think is funny, but they also, in, like, modern Super Sentai, they also always color coordinate. So, like, the Red Ranger's always wearing red, or the Green Ranger's always wearing yeah. green. And that's, like, since that's the 80s. Like, it should eventually. Be. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should work. And then also about Black Ranger. Okay, so. <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. I, I will say, like, the differences in the costuming, just the fucking monster costumes themselves, everything. This show doesn't feel like the progenitor to everything. It feels like a love letter to it, which is so weird, because I'm, I don't know, I'm approaching all of this, like, completely backwards, because yeah. every uh, Tokusetsu show that I know is more modern, 
seeing an original like this is like, wow, this just seems like it was something made out of like the pure love of the game. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it was. Yeah. It does yeah. really seem to arrive like sort of, we talked about it a lot on the last episode, this sort of like whole cloth, like so many of the tropes are, are there, mm-hmm. ready to go. They, they're established. The actors know what they are. The writers know what they are. Yeah. And the audience knows what they are immediately. It's mm-hmm. really I feel fun. like it's like that classic, like where they talk about like all of the successful writer rooms of the 90s and early odds for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing where like there's no bad ideas. Everyone just pitch an idea, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Which I think is like the perfect way to get an episode six, which is titled Red Riddle. Uh, this is such a funny episode to me. Uh, char- uh, chase the spy route into the sea. Oh um, man! Oh, starts off. Yo, it's it's like this. It's like the deep throat scene in All the President's Men. Yeah, <laughs> they're in a parking garage. This is the first the episode. Pants. I also have to ask myself. We'll get to the end of episodes. Like, are the Go Rangers? Bad at their jobs. <laughs> Great this ep- question. This episode really feels like it. They are very bad at their jobs. They leave a lot of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Except for when it's actually about them. That's when they stop it. But anyways, um, there is a legit, very funny thing that they actually wrote to be funny in this episode. That where it starts off, where they have a spy that's giving out all of the Go Ranger secrets and Eagle, which is their cor- like the corporation slash government hand. They're a part of that does everything. Where the spy has gotten a hold of like microfish to explain all of their locations and their plans and their secrets. And he's like, okay, here's the money I promised you. The villain, of course, is, uh, as you would have assumed, Slink? Steel Ring Mask, which <laughs> makes no sense. Yo. This, cool costume, though. I secretly fucking love this guy. Yeah. He's so this guy kind of fucking rules. Yeah. He rules, and this is what I'm going to say about it. This is the thing they actually wrote that's really funny, is he puts a bomb under the briefcase when the spy blows up, or the spy goes off, he blows up in the car, and then they, he does like a... a Catholic crucifix thing and goes how unfortunate yeah, he really crosses himself yeah. like him and his goons all do that I'm like that's pretty fucking funny uh, I just realized something now too the dub they had different names some oh, of the really? bad guys so cool. Gas Mask was episode but they call him Slink they, that makes sense he's Slinky yeah he is a Slinky dude he can separate into rings yeah. and oh, when he rolls himself through yeah. the bars the bo- of the open yeah. window yeah. I was like that's the sickest oh, thing I've ever seen also in the beginning is that the beginning where he he throws the rings around people yeah when he's like invading one of the that was bases. pretty badass because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell what his powers are going to be I assumed it was going to be something like where he could separate but I like that one of his powers is just, I throw rings around people's throats until they die. <laughs> he suffocated them, and they show it all he, in excruciating okay. detail. So he, he, so he throws the rings around there like like it's a ring toss game. And then later in the episode, when they're on the boat mm-hmm. on the uh, on the boat with the rich people, yeah. the girls playing a ring toss. Exactly. Game. Yeah. It's awesome foreshadowing, yeah. thematic <laughs> shit. It's it's and really high level Sopranos. And let's quality. just get going through it right away. <laughs> they send basically uh, Green Ranger and then Red Ranger. Uh, which both I always forget their names so Kaijo and then Kenji again to do like the, the espionage to figure out who has the microfish and um, this is where I'm like they're bad at their jobs because there's a whole boat chase where they basically see him going off into the ocean it's really fun they spend 10 minutes in boats chasing him and eventually there's like it's a, a sick boat chase it's a sick too. boat it's chase it's really cool but there's like a schooner it's obviously where he gets off and goes so they have a whole scene where they get off and they go into the schooner Steel Ring Mask threatens the, the owner of the boat because his family's in there. Do what I tell you, I'm going to kill your family. And so he's like, okay, I'll listen to you. And then both uh, Green and Red Ranger get on the boat and they start inspecting it. And it, he's like, oh yeah, he's uh, we, he must not be here. We can't find him anywhere. He's like, turned himself into the rings on the roof, which is pretty cool, so he can hide. But like, they get off and then they notice the schooner's like, stalled its engine is in the middle of the ocean. It's like, 
That's weird. Okay, time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then at the first suggestion that they might have missed something, we should go back to yeah. the scooter. <laughs> oh, and also, speaking of the boat chase, yeah. it's very. I it made me laugh very hard because first, it starts as a motorcycle chase. Yeah, right. Oh, sick motorcycle. And then I'm like, chase. oh, here we go, motorcycle chase. Yeah. And then eight seconds later, they basically cut him off, and I'm like. Oh, like I guess the yeah. chase is over, and then he jumps and is in a boat, and I'm like, "Hell <laughs> yeah, boat chase!" Up in the oh, you thought this was a motorcycle? Yeah, he just became a boat chase. Exactly. <laughs> Which logically, yeah. if they had an insane budget at that time, there should have been a helicopter that flies through, and he jumps on the helicopter, oh, I could, and they get on oh, a helicopter. So I could tight. watch two hours of that. My, my note for the thing you were talking about, Zach, is jumping onto the boat to escape LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty funny. It is a sick boat chase, though. It really does remind me of, like, a James Bond or, like, oh, a yeah. Indiana Jones boat chase. It's pretty fucking fun. It's great. But uh, this is where I'm, like, saying they're bad at their jobs because he has time to start translating some of the microfish, and he's, like, doing the microfilm. SOS. Microfilm. I, yeah, I think you're right. They, they, they do specifically say microfilm. Micro, microfiche is a different technology. Oh, shit. Fuck. You gotta learn your library. <laughs> Shit. God damn it. Your Dewey Decimal, bitch. Yeah, they weren't reading articles down your local library, Brandon. This isn't Arthur. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, having fun isn't hard if you have a library card. Um, so he has time to start translating a microfilm. He's doing all of like, the SOS. And he's, do, he's doing it from the, the schooner. The schooner. Right? Yeah. And he's sending it off to the Black Cross commander. And I love like the... The zero to ten on the Black Cross Command is like, okay, we got the location, and a giant turret comes from the earth and starts oh, bombing it's so it. Yeah, lit. It's yeah. so it's They kill a lot of people. Yeah. I, I was with these being my first two episodes. I was surprised at the constant civilian body count. Oh, it's yeah. it's pretty brutal. The, so actually, at the beginning of episode five, there's there's a pretty brutal massacre. Yeah, yeah and then they like gun them down and oh, then they, 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 they gun down a bunch of men fleeing for their lives. Yeah. They Shoot them in the back. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's pretty. It's it, they're this close to doing mass graves in this show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Get the lie. Yeah. <laughs> so they 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 basically wipe out a whole eagle base, and then the the Go Rangers show up, and they're like, Ooh, I feel like this was kind of our fault. Cha 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 cha. You know. Uh, immediately after it, when they go to they're surveying the rubble, the music is so jazzy and fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What's it's that? like swinging, and, yeah, they, and they're like, "Gosh, look at the horror of war!" They wiped out the whole team except one agent, and that's Agent Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> he's here to be cool. He's, he's got a song in his heart he can't put out. Um, so they're they're going through that, and that's when they like have the the relay of like, "Hey, that schooner's still in the middle of the ocean with its engine stalled." So like, okay, we'll go back and check it. That's when basically. Uh, steel ring mask is like okay my my facade's over i'm gonna steal this wife and daughter they run off in the boat again they get to the shore and it's basically like okay they get the wife and daughter away from his grasp they have the the final fight finally and they do the soccer ball kick right before he's like about to translate where the go rangers base is um they stop him and that's that's basically it but look yeah so much Jetpacks? Yeah, the jetpacks. Hell yeah. There is stunt fighting while holding a child actor, yeah. which <laughs> can't be legal in most countries. I don't know. Yeah, less the 70s. Yeah. Things <laughs> were better then. Yeah, this is all rough also, and tumble, like, oh, I think, gorilla filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. But when, but when I think it is legal in Iowa, though, right now. So Well, it's, <laughs> it's never going to not be legal in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they filmed the rehearsal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> when they shoot 
uh, when they shoot him with arrows in the final fight, his computer parts become unspooled and all, so the, all the tape good. comes like I'm spooling like, oh, no. out. Yeah. It's so sick. Yeah. And he's like, I was just beginning to learn to love. And then, <laughs> you know, like, boom, you know, they just kill him. The the oh it, yeah no, it was good it was good go 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 yeah. continue I f- so Curry counts up to two they end the episode where he's at the cafe demanding rice and curry demanding yeah. rice and curry <laughs> which you know what he doesn't get curry that night he he lost your whole eagle base he should yeah. he should be on a stipend at that <laughs> he point did he kind of blow the screw the pooch on that one yeah uh, but that brings us to episode seven which I think we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about yes we are which is titled Pink Moonlight Wolf Core <laughs> uh, best po- best power best, of a villain. Yeah. Hands down, power. maybe in all of fiction. And I feel like for listeners at home that are just tuning in and didn't watch any episodes, if I told you that the villain of this episode is Crescent Moon Mask, you'd think his powers are like some type of weird moon ray or some type of like cool sickle and he cuts people down with it. You'd be half right. Yeah. But I, th- I think if you really did reach deep into your brain, like moon, what is it tied to? What Werewolves. Yes. And he, I, my favorite thing about this guy. His powers are to control the werewolves, but he doesn't make werewolves. So I wonder if this is like a whole... Oh, the way they make werewolves is a delightful little time capsule. Well, yeah. oh, and the way that he controls the werewolves is is just something I'd never seen before yeah. in, in werewolf mythology. Right. Uh, which is, he has a... Uh, his staff can do a lot of things, but one of the things is that it, he says the words moon ray, and moon rays <laughs> emit from it, and activate the werewolfness right. in people, which is like having the power to turn on and off the werewolf thing is is pretty cool. It's I such mean, a cool idea. It's breaking the Very code. Cool. For for years we've said werewolf is a great source of labor that we could use to build an entire nation from poverty. The problem. Only yeah. once a month. Once a month. Yeah. <laughs> How do we fix this? How do we harness it? And they solved it with Crescent Moon Mask. Uh, he's, he's incredible. So if you're against him, I guess you're against capitalism. I mean, look, look at yourself in the mirror. I, I do want to apologize. The stunt fighting while holding a child actually happens in this episode, <laughs> yeah. not at the end of the last episode. There's a lot of children oh, in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, it's at the beginning of this episode, not at the end. The build-up's so wild because a, a werewolf man jumps in and basically steals a girl from like an elementary school and then we find out, oh, it's actually his his uh, the father of the daughter. Can can and, we can we take a moment to, to talk about how much the costume designer loved the man who played the werewolf? Yeah. Like oh just, my god. Just un- undoubtedly needed to see his eyes. Yeah. At every point in time. It gives like, an give incredible him, performance. But give him giant weird fangs where it looks more like a rabbit than a werewolf. Walrus. <laughs> yeah. Like walrus walrus tusks. Yeah. I don't know if y'all watched Conan in the '90s, but he had a bunch of very stupid oh, characters, and yeah. one of them was coked up werewolf. <laughs> just imagine an episode filled with coked up werewolves well, one of the things, one of the details about this particular werewolf before we figure out what he is when Crescent Moon addresses him he calls him werewolf number 8 yes. <laughs> my favorite is though when he summons later in the episode werewolf uh, number 5 bump 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote down I uh, at the beginning before it really the plot really reveals itself, and we're sort of in this incredible mystery yeah. that I just wrote. I just wrote down this is a crazy mystery. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Like, it was like, what the fuck is going? There's werewolves. This is yeah. like a Star Trek episode. Maybe. It is very <laughs> Star Trek Twilight Zone esque. But my one of my favorite things when they're trying to figure it out, they ask him like, "Well, he's been missing for a, a week from his job in sales." And I wanted to ask him, like, what does he do in cells? And I wanted to be like, he works in werewolves. 
We got too close to the product. He's yeah. an importer exporter yeah. specializes in werewolves. <laughs> but when they're trying to solve it, he's in the hospital recovering. And this something's so fucking funny about how they shot this. Crescent Moon Mask appears, but he's like in the window of like right out where they are, just laughing and shooting with the <laughs> And so like he comes a werewolf. And, like, Red Ranger's just trying to fight him out. And he's outside the window just laughing at him. And I'm like, this is the best episode of television. When he pops up, the, yeah. there's a weird moment where, like, the camera is outside of the window. So there's glass between the camera and the set and the actors yeah. in the hospital room. And they have the actor in the mask costume sort of pop up next to the camera but also on the same side of the glass so that you get a partial reflection of him in the glass superimposed over everybody standing in the hospital room. It's pretty sick. And it is like the most obvious lo-fi thing but it's so effective and it looks like kind of shocking at first that was probably the art student doing the cinematography today that <laughs> like, day oh, production design was going yeah. off the fucking i chains. made the joke earlier and i want to bring it up again it's not it's not a joke it is actually true about what i'm saying he does look exactly like mac tonight except with like a cape and he's in red colors instead of white <laughs> he does he's like a mac this afternoon yeah he's <laughs> mac the afternoon Going around, making werewolves and laughing at his job. Which is good. He loves what he does. He um, does. Also, in the sub, did the werewolves bark like dogs? Or... They did. Okay, good. I'm glad. Well, they, they did, and they also make incredibly funny noises while they're fighting. Yeah. Like, they're like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a dog. Like a it, it was so funny watching, because the Japanese original, like, subtitles, they're going like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, they're having so much fun. Yeah. Exactly that. The progenitor of it. The, the wolf noises during the hospital fight in particular were just killing me. Oh, he's, he's just like, it sounds like, it sounds kinky. Like, but this so is funny. this is an episode that Peggy's the star. She infiltrates where the werewolf camp is. Peggy is everything. Her thoughts are in voiceover in this episode. Yeah. We're getting to see what's going you, on up she, there. She, 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 you, we, we get some real insight into what's happening with Momo Ranger. But there's like a there's like a secluded town she finds out where this is eventually where the, the, the father was. This plot is insane. It is insane. <laughs> she shows up and she knows that like there's no werewolves and like the funniest thing is she's looking through all the windows like there's gotta be werewolf in one of these cafes. Like somewhere. Werewolves <laughs> love cafes. Werewolves love brunch. <laughs> pause here because this was my first little time capsule. I love when she's walking by that restaurant and there's someone smoking inside. Got oh it. yeah, yeah. We gotta, yeah. Bring, we gotta bring, bring it the, back. There's yeah. a little bit of smoking inside. They're smoking in their cafe a couple of times, mm-hmm. or at least once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So there's smoking. Uh, they let Tara, them. which is the boy that's always hanging out at the cafe, have a few smokes because yeah. they say it'll make him grow big and strong. He's more of a cigar guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a real fat cat. Um. <laughs> she's looking around and this is where I, I was excited that we could talk about our first a cab which is the police show up and they're instantly like hey follow us we're, we're taking you into the station she's like what i do is like it doesn't matter and i was like i wonder if these are goons or just real police officers yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just filmed and yeah. they're like they'll do it like yeah. this will happen we don't have to pay keep rolling keep rolling yeah. just keep rolling because in the dub they just walk up and they go you're under arrest yeah like they're not even like they go you're under arrest and they put handcuffs on her and yeah. i'm like oh that's huh? Um, it's been always been that way. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> a little too realistic. Yeah. Don't like this. No. It's fun. I looked it up. This was actually the first episode of Cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they throw Peggy in the cell with Nancy, Nelson Mandela. That's Nelson, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they throw her in the slammer. Uh, 
This time she doesn't have any of her explosive jewelry? No. no. Which, what the fuck? An oversight, in my opinion. They don't wear their uniforms when they're on missions. Yeah. She doesn't bring her explosive jewelry to jail. Well, they didn't match what her great, great doing? outfit in yeah. that episode, so I get why she liked it. It's a great outfit. She looked incredible. I, yeah. I, I do accept that as a reason. She yeah. kicks ass. She, yes, she does. It's, a great, so episode. it's a great episode all over for Pink Ranger. Because like I like that she's like okay what's going on here and they reveal themselves to be actually soldiers instead of police officers same thing right though cool uh, power question again. about the, these these soldiers because they're also werewolves yeah they're also werewolves <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, were their voices like echoing did they have like a yeah a they have like a verb on their yeah, voices like a, was that just for this episode I because so. they're werewolves. <laughs> Is, do we know that the, the soldiers yeah. who are werwolves are, Get reverb. are werewolf soldiers because they have reverb? Yeah, right? I, I think I, so. I, I think canonically, when you become a soldier, you go through a second puberty. And when you become a werewolf, you go through a third puberty. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like that Tim Eric's That's what gets the reverb on your face. So you can harmonize with yourself. Yeah. And you get the reverb. You get a yeah. voice as deep as Adam Driver. They rattle, they rattle around in your chest now. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Thank um, you, guys. So... Uh, Crescent Moon shows up and says, like, yeah, I've been doing this the whole time. Uh, the police officers are actually police officers, so that's what they do all the time. Um, they're evil, so I just work with them. Um, this all happened, don't, trust me, don't watch the episode. Um, no, watch the episode. It's a great episode. It is a great episode. So he's like, he's so proud of what he does. Like, hey, I'm not going to kill you right away. I'm going to turn you into a werewolf, but I want to show you my operation. And once again, this episode oh just my God. keeps getting <laughs> better and better. Because it's like, look at my werewolf soldiers. And he has them in all of these motherfuckers doing circus tricks. They're, they're like tumbling. They're doing like Westminster dog show tricks yeah. on an obstacle yeah. course that looks straight off of the Westminster dog show. And he's like, show. the great thing about werewolf soldiers, half of them will go to Shin Yu, the other half will go to dog shows. <laughs> it pays for itself. <laughs> 5,000 years of Chinese culture before coming. Communism. <laughs> um, once again, all in episode. We're totally not a cult. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they just put out the true non episodes about the Falun Gong, which is the cult behind oh, Shin Yu. Oh fuck yeah! I, they're so crazy. I mean, they're they're like almost Mooney levels of their beliefs, which is yeah, great. So. Uh, I, I, I we we uh, spin off pod about Shen Yun. Yeah, Ooh. next week you guys. I'll, Let's go, do I'll it. go see it. My favorite thing about Shen Yun is it's a mystery of why it's so big because every time like a a person goes to see it. I've seen like a, either a comedy friend review it or like podcasters that are getting into like cult talk about it. They go and like eh, it's kind of all right. Like you, ima- you imagine the show's gonna be really good, but everybody I've heard go to is like it's not that good. Yeah, uh, I my old roommate went uh, and like his his takeaway was that it was like yeah kind of weird, like not a great performance or mm-hmm. anything. Well, I don't was... think those old ladies ladies giving me posters on the street would lie to me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> then I've got some beachfront property in Iowa. So, so, uh, and if but, you have a child, they're gonna work. Yeah, no, he he said it was just like there was it was just like a lot of white people at the end, sort of going like, "Wow, I guess I guess we really learned something." So, <laughs> that's why it's <laughs> like. They're using white guilt effectively, finally. <laughs> and I would totally do a Shen Yun podcast spinoff. <laughs> only if I can be part of the podcast, but I keep thinking it's Shen Mew that's cast in. And Shen Mew too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't we don't talk about out? three yet. Yeah. I forgot three came out. Mm-hmm. Once again, Rob's got to listen to this. Rob Kushel, this is an episode for you. We're talking Master and Commander. We're talking Shen Yu. Um, okay, bringing it back. The werewolves are doing tricks. It's funny. 
Um, <laughs> then she gets put in this line of like, Wait, oh, oh, there was there was one uh, one fun tumbling move where they just uh, they play footage of a guy jumping out of a tree backwards and yeah, jumping into so the tree. Yeah. It was so it sick. So I'd never seen that rings before. Rings of fire. Show. Yeah, the rings was, of fire is really great. Yeah, I loved all that shit. I, continue. I just yeah, had to the, throw. The up. werewolves are like they're having so much fun, but um, it might be fun to be a werewolf. It's true. <laughs> and so Crescent Moon Mask like, okay, make her werewolf. Put her in line. It's literally like a whole line of everybody in the village. Yeah, they're just waiting they're like, to be made werewolves. It looked to me like super dark because I know we have these like sort of anti-fascist themes. It looked like they were lining everyone up to be tattooed at a uh, concentration. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they, were, they were lining everyone up to get the same inoculation from the same giant needle. It yeah. was terrible. I thought it was, it was very... Which is, again, a lovely little time capsule of yeah. 1975. Felt right. a lot like when we had to get vaccinated for the pandemic. Came out, you know, oh, yeah. sorry. We called the pandemic on this podcast. <laughs> Um, uh, the government. Um, anyways. It's crazy how all those werewolves are actually sheeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the Pink Ranger in this show just kicks so much ass because, like, she doesn't have her bombs, but she's like, oh, I do have a, a lockpick behind me. So she, like, gets it out to get her cuffs I'm, off. I'm just going to throw it out as a locksmith. That is not how you pick. Yeah. What does she do right after that? Women can't pick locks? Is that one? I don't know. I'm just saying they don't have the natural proclivity for me. Anyways. <laughs> oh, no. Are you locksplaining to yeah. it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. What does she do right after that? What does she do right after she picks the handcuffs? Doesn't she kick everyone's ass? Needle to the throat! Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> which, here's the great thing. She does it twice. That's so sad. She does it twice to me, which is so funny. She did it a few episodes ago, too. Yeah. She, she gives no fucks, and I love that. So, I, like, I love the variation of henchmen, where they just have random scientist henchmen. Yeah. They're just always yeah, mixed fun. in there with their with their zenchmen and their yeah. werewolves. And their soldiers, and their zervzolfs. Um, it feels very food service like you got front of the house, yeah. and then back of the house werewolves. So and like, they don't like each other. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> they don't split their tits. You know? Everybody's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> she, she gets loose for a little bit, then Crescent Moon captures her again, but she has the daughter of the one salesman and it's like hey you gotta be turned into a werewolf or I'm turning into a werewolf he's like no turn me into a werewolf and he's like okay fine and she grabs the needle and throws it at the scientist again so <laughs> it's, it's so funny it's like stop giving her needles it was like, genuinely cool <laughs> okay alright third time third time's the charm pink ranger I'm gonna turn into a werewolf but I'm gonna give you this gun first for no reason but don't shoot me with this gun <laughs> uh, which is almost basically what happens the, the other rangers show up they all get into a huge fight um this is another death that's really funny to me. Oh, this is amazing, yeah. yeah. So they, they do the Go Ranger Storm. They get the soccer ball ready. Never announced before in this episode before, but he gets exploded and then reforms. He's like, that's right, you can't kill me. Oh, his fucking reform animation is so fucking good. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and then I don't, no one said this. This was not a reveal or even like a MacGuffin or anything. It just came out of nowhere. Blue Ranger says, oh, it... It's, it's a scepter. And he shoots it with an arrow. Yeah, he shoots, shoots it with an arrow and then explodes. And he falls slowly and then explodes. It's so fucking good. Uh, in this fight, though, at one point, I forget which ranger it is, but one of them uh, jumps onto the back of uh, his bike as he's trying yeah, to get yeah, away. Yeah, it was a red ranger. He's, he's, like, beating him around the face and neck <laughs> while they're riding on the bike. And also in the fight, uh, uh, Curry Boy <gasps> is beating somebody up. Epic he's kill. crushing him up. He says... Yeah. Who eats curry all day? <laughs> and he breaks him in half. He breaks, he breaks his back. <laughs> Epic Horrible. Kill. 
horrible way to go. <laughs> Who eats curry all day? Crunch. Oh, you know curry boys out there breaking bags. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we do have an update on the Nazi count. Or the Nazi count. Oops. I wrote Nazi above curry count. <laughs> well, the Nazi count all episodes is like infinity. There's so yeah. many Nazis. They're just all Nazis. <laughs> yes. Textually what they are. And once again, I love, uh, uh, you know, Ishimura, who wrote this series originally in Kamen Rider. He, he just hates fashion. He's like, I'm going to write series where they just kill Nazis forever. I'm like, you know what? Good on him. It's fucking good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm entertained. So. Yeah. So. Let's destroy all fascists. Anyways, the curry count is at a plus one at the end of the episode. We're at a three for the episodes that we've watched so far. The man's, the man's <laughs> fed. Averages yeah. out of curry in episode. I will say, he's, he's yeah. taking so less like full bites of actual curry on screen, so I feel like they've just like gone easy yeah. on him. He's gone bit. to the hospital once yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah. From They're what like... I saw from that first episode, they were they were running him through the curry yeah. ring. He's definitely eating curry, but he'll like take one big bite, and then he'll take like a small bite yeah. of a gigantic spoonful. You know? yeah, I feel like, like it's the classic spit take of like, hey, as soon as you eat this, we're gonna cut, you can spit it out. He's like, no, I got it. Yeah. And after two episodes, it's like, I'm so sick. Yeah. <laughs> the studio doctor is like, you have lethal amounts of sodium in your bloodstream. Since, you since, eat three more bites of curry, you die. Since I know we've been carry, uh, comparing this to The Sopranos as we go, <laughs> uh, one of the things I love about The Sopranos is that James Gandolfini eats a lot of... The yeah. eating is mm-hmm. the thing. James Gandolfini eats a lot on camera, and one thing about it is he does not use the spit bucket. He actually... None of them puts do. ...puts away yeah. all that fucking food. I heard yeah. Rob Eiler, uh, who... AJ? Yeah, yeah. He was talking about yeah, that. Yeah. He's like, we, you know, we'd have takes for the. He's like, they'd be eating like three or four plates of Italian food at four <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, this is making me think. Do you do you think Curry Boy was supposed to be like the emaciated ranger, and they just kept shooting the pilot like over and over? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they drew the logo, and then they just drew him a little bigger, yeah. and a little bigger, and a little bigger. <laughs> Costume designers like, oh, here we go. All right, I'm gonna make it wider. Yeah. So we. This is another interesting thing I didn't talk about that these last two episodes is that they had the original like episode they showed all of the five generals uh, working for the black uh, the black cross Fuhrer. I thought they were gonna have an episode where like they introduced the new cast, but it's like he just like keeps having these guys pop up and he's like, yeah, get to work, whatever. Yeah, who's so, next? Yeah, it's the temp agency. They can't send yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. This is the first time that they've done it where they show like the villain ahead of time. Where at the end of this episode they show Poison Fang, and I I'm really glad they did that. He's so fucking good. He looks so fucked up. Oh like, yeah, he's out of control. Mm-hmm. It's the first villain I'm the like teaser is yeah. so fun. I love that they're playing with form. Like, yeah. It's the good. first villain I've seen that they've introduced where I'm like, if I saw this as a kid, I would be afraid of him. He is. Oh yeah, no. When he pops up a couple of times, oh, it's genuinely startling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that gets us to episode eight, the last one we'll be talking about, which I had to get the title again, which is Black Fear: The Murderous Poison Fang. Interesting, interesting title. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable <laughs> with the uh, black fear, uh, yeah. which, which also is weird because all of the color episode titles so far have been the ranger colors. We don't have a black ranger yet, so that's a weird one. I mean, eventually we do get a black ranger, but it's weird. I, this one specifically like has a white guy. I will say, like, ironically, yeah. black fear first Dr. white Scott. actor. Oh, yeah. Finally, a little multicultural. Yeah, finally, <laughs> finally, it's our turn. Where's all? Where's all the white guys in Japan? Why are they all Asian? This is so weird. This isn't like my Japanese animes at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, a really funny way to start the episode. Of they they have this white doctor running away or from this poison fang guy, just like it's a real in media res where the rangers are there trying to stop him from getting assassinated, and they like this. They never say exactly what he's like. This guy's working on world peace, so he can't die, or everything will be thrown into chaos. Um, 
And they do a, a decent job of keeping him away from Poison Fang Mask for a little bit. Uh, but he's he, yeah. He, <laughs> they're not doing great. Yeah, they're not doing. Well, I mean, like he's not hanging around protection. He for some reason like just wants to randomly wander around. He does wander off. True. You gotta. You can't. Yeah. And when they're following him the second time, he wanders off. A really funny, weird dialogue, which is like, "Why is he praying at a Japanese grave? He's white." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't say the he's white part, but they do say, "Why is he praying at a Japanese?" That grave? is one hundred percent what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course the reveal is he had a, a wife over here that they had a kid together. Um, she got killed somehow. I, I'm, it's 1959 Japan. I'm sure there's a million ways. Um, it's not a ways to die. Yeah, it's not a ways. Um, so he's come back to basically see his daughter that's now like old enough to be working at a boutique or whatever. But um, he is still trying to be assassinated, and it doesn't seem that's occurring to him at any point until eventually Poison Fang Mask catches up and then has one of his Super Cobras bite him. And you're asking, Brandon, what's a super cobra? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. It's when you take an anaconda and you mix it with a cobra, and for some reason it makes a super powerful snake. Those snakes are fucking sick. Yeah, And, they're and the, sick. the way people react to them is so fucking funny, too. Yeah. Because I can't get over the fact that they are rubber snakes. Yeah. They're just... There's no two ways around it, yeah. and then people are just having uh, they're they're getting kind of method about yeah. like, the way that they're presenting their fear on screen. It's I, amazing. I, I am sorry, I got to go back a little bit early. I love the snakes, but I I, I do want to talk about the uh, earlier time they tried to attack the professor, where they drive up on him. Oh yeah, and Curry Boy just sticks his fist through that fucking car window and uh, takes their gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just like runs along the car, smash, grabs a gun. Also, uh, Blue Ranger is shooting one of the snakes with an arrow through That's the head. That's pretty cool. It's so uh, fucking good. Yeah, and was... the thing is, like, he has so many chances to get away, but eventually, Poison Mask Fang has one of the snakes bite him. So, like, now they're on a clock to get a Super Cobra uh, anti venom made. Hmm. Um, but my favorite thing I notice is that. The, the weaker he's getting, the more he's passing away, the more he looks like Vladimir Lenin. It's just like, he's <laughs> just becoming powered by Marxism to stay alive. He actually looked, he looked kind of like Lenin's. It's Lenin's too. Yeah, it's Lenin's. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel to Lenin's. Um, uh, you know, he's just like keeping an eye out for Stalin. Like, I know he's going to off me, but I'm not careful here. Does anyone else feel that, like, in 1924, when he had that third stroke, that Stalin definitely killed him, probably? Anyone? I feel like I, Stalin didn't want him around. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't stopping the stroke. Yeah, it's true. Lenin too quit Stalin. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, they. Okay, um, we can end the podcast. Yeah, we that's, that's how, we, how are we going to do better? <laughs> Bye. Well, I mean, I, since we're all males, we can always do better. Um, so <laughs> get a woman involved. Yeah. Oh, be better. Anyways. Um, oh God. Um, the episode continues and they find eventually his uh, daughter Amy is working in the boutique. They find her after she has been replaced by poison. It's, yeah, he, it's, it's he really complicated. Her. Yeah. So, like, this is a question I have. So, like, we know the rangers in this universe can uh, just sort of at will spin around and turn in and out of their uniforms. Mm -hmm. And the the soldiers can kind of do the same thing. And yeah. so can the masks. Mm -hmm. But... The, uh, but Poison, 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 Fang, fang Mask yeah. can also impersonate people perfectly. Yeah, including twenty-year-old women. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, didn't know he could do that ahead of its mm -hmm. time. If you think about it, 
I don't, yeah, progress. This yeah. is progress. <laughs> this is progress. Remember, we can always do better. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the new tagline that I just use for this podcast. <laughs> Could um, be better. We're, we're listening, we're learning, yeah. and we're going to do better. That's... I see you, I validate you. Um, poison Mask Fang, you are a person. I came to sit my white ass down and pod. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, so he he finally gets a the, Dr. Scott gets got this is where it kind of leads up they eventually find where his daughter actually is after she comes back and she's like upset that he left which I understand but eventually it's just like oh you can use my love to keep you alive until we have the the venom antidote and then Lynn's like yes comrade uh, um <laughs> uh, point of order doesn't the venom antidote look like cum it, I'm so glad I wrote it, it down it definitely looks like it's, it's a jar of cum a jar of cum and it's, then Dita the yellow ranger looks so happy to have it in sloshing around <laughs> there's a funny part when it's when you see it sloshing in the, in the cartoonic, cartoonishly large syringe it just yeah well, it's a big bottle of cum what is that yeah It'd be even worse if they like, had it's like, no, we can't inject it. He needs to drink it and like Dida's like taking it off and like chugging it down his throat. <laughs> so getting viscous. all over. It's <laughs> so salty. Yeah. It just kinda like bleach. Does anyone taste bleach? Yeah, but I kinda I kinda like it. Um, <laughs> anyways, they, they get it in time so that he, he survives and they have to of course have their showdown with the poison fang mask. And uh yeah, it's another it's another thing where they just throw logic at you all of a sudden where he's stolen away Amy and then has her being held hostage. And she's being held hostage by being wrapped up in all these snakes. Snake. Uh, explosive snakes. Sna- snake that's bombs. what I was going to say. Snake yeah. bombs. Snake, snake bombs. bombs. Sorry, you're right. Snake bombs. I mean, the regular Super Cobra snake I felt like would be a good enough where like if she struggles, they bite him. He's like, no, no, no. These, bo- <laughs> these snakes, they explode. These are bitey bombs. And then one of my favorite th- it's another it's another Bite trope booms. that I love so much that happens in these kind of shows. Very similar to the I'm invincible. Oh fuck! It's like <laughs> the only way I can uh, trigger these is with my snake whistle, which he holds up, and then Blue Ranger just like shoots it out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fucking take the snakes off her and then throw them onto the henchmen. Yeah, that's pretty great. So they they use good. the whistle too to blow up the yeah. snakes. He, snake Man grabs it and uses it. Oh, he uses it, and they have thrown the snakes yeah. at the henchmen, mm-hmm. so it and then backfires. Just explode, they explode on the floor. It's so mm-hmm. fucking good. It's really fun. And then, like as usual, I always love this so much. Where he like realizes, like, it's well, I'm fucked. I'm gonna run away, and they're like, no, you can't run from a soccer ball, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like simple as that. Um, I, d- I have been enjoying the that particular scene for each yeah. bad guy, where like. Oh, he's getting away on a boat. But every once in a while, it'll just be a guy, like, wandering around yeah. against the landscape, and they're like, well, this will be easy. Yeah, like, so you feel kind of bad for him for a second. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no escape plan. Yeah. They, they'll be, like, running away, but they're, they're like, smart enough to do it in a zigzag pattern, yeah. you know? <laughs> Serpentine, damn it. Serpentine! <laughs> Which would make sense for Poison Fang Mask. Can, can I just say something I really appreciate about this episode? What's that? I'm so glad they didn't put any effort into resolving the father-daughter story. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of a dark storyline where, like, they're, they're kind of estranged. Yeah, and, no. like... and they just get in the end of Venom. They don't show him talking once he's out. As far as we know, he just dies in that snake coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they just say, like, in the cafe, like, yeah, the daughter and father's... The bond is pretty strong. Let's eat some more curry. Curry counts up to five. <laughs> yeah, curry, everybody. Curry's all around. Also, there's two, by the way. He's eating some earlier in the end of the episode, so we got up to five for uh, out of four episodes. And that's kind of like my fun thing of like, I wonder how many curry counts we're going to have if like we watch another four episodes and it like, gets up to ten. And then we just see like the actor visibly sweating on camera. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, oh, he's got to stop. Like, he's got to get his own motorcycle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he can't be in the sidecar anymore. Sidecar's not working yeah. anymore. Every time I see him in the sidecar, and he's just, like, holding onto the yeah. windshield, kind of. It's so funny. We I, talked about this the first episode, too, that we were talking about. It's like, I really wish they'd bring back this, like, different body types of, like, having a big boy on the team so great. I, I love, love, love big boy. He's, he's the most valuable player in almost every episode. He has the best attacks, and he looks like he belongs on uh, Fat Albert. Yeah, yeah he dresses like he belongs yeah. to Fat Albert. I love his little cap, his little, <laughs> his little like newsy cap. It's so cute. When in some episodes he has like a striped like uh, kind of vest on with it, and I just yeah. I want to pinch his little cheeks. Oh man, I want to give him a big old hug. Yeah. Him and Peggy are by far my favorite Rangers. Yeah, oh, yeah. I agree. Be... I think Peggy might be my favorite Ranger. Peggy's because she's yeah. she's always like incredibly cool. Like mm-hmm. to me, like yeah. things she's doing look cool to me. There are other like Rangers who are coded more cool. Yeah. I love her. She yeah. seems much more capable than the other four, too, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. She gets a lot done even with her out her explosive yeah. yeah, That's why I, I feel like I still like seeing the shows. Like, I thought it's, like, 1975 Japan. Like, a, I don't know how much of, like, a feminist message they're going to have, but, like, the, she does not get any, like, type of handicaps. It's just, like, yeah, let her throw bombs at people. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> like, She's not like, oh, no. She picks up a needle and throws it in somebody's neck. Yeah. You're like, The yes. only thing they really do is they make a ranger number four, but they make her go fifth after all the men. Yeah. <laughs> the attack. <laughs> but she, she always brings out the soccer ball. She yeah. starts the storm. Was, was it that episode where... They did it out of order. Or does this happen every episode? It happens every episode. Yeah. Well, I know they do it. They It happens every episode. But in one episode, one of the, it's either the last episode or this episode we're just talking about. They all look back. Yeah. They, dude, like, they, do it, they only do it, I think, in the last three episodes. Okay. Because they're they like, didn't did we do it mess in the up? first five. Yeah. But they started, like, sort of streamlining the storm attack and, like, adding a little bit more flair to it. Yeah. Because if you watch the first. Uh, like the second, third, fourth episode, especially mm. when they do the storm attack, it's it's there's less like fanfare before the attack attack yeah. starts. Mm-hmm. I, is that what's happening? Am yeah, I, I think so. I like, okay, yeah. I do want one episode where they all do double takes back and they go and twins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why is it burning my brain still to this day? Um, a fucking course commercial from 1995. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. I want to get to our reviews for this. Um, the nice thing is, unlike Podzuki, the review section actually is a lot easier, where it's just literally five out of five Rangers, because it's it's there. Why would I... I don't need to complicate this. I'm going to keep it complicated for Podzuki when we get back to it, though. But. I've, I was going to say, Brandon Kirkman trying to make something uncomplicated. Yeah. How is this a podcast? <laughs> Oof. I know. No, don't worry. They'll come back in the game section. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to give it to you, the guest. Uh, you know, one out of five Power Rangers, one being the worst, a uh, Power Rangers beast season or whatever. I, I don't know. I just heard it's really bad online. Um, out of five out of five, which is uh, five out of five being the episode seven uh, werewolf episode. <laughs> Which is finest television ever made. I've, I've, I've got to give the episodes that I watched and the experience of talking with you boys a solid 5 out of 5 Rangers. Hey. You know? mm-hmm. You're getting full sorted up with that number, let me tell you. I feel like that... Can it... If we all give a, a one of these episode series five out of fives, I'm going to put it in the, the Zord Platinum Club because that's enough to make a Zord. Well, I, w- I would like to uh, submit for the Zord Platinum Club status yeah. uh, Werewolf uh, Moon Man episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's instantly in the, the Zord Platinum status. Yeah. 
I, everything about that episode is fucking funny and also cool to watch at the same time. Amazing. It was, it's one of my favorites so yeah. far. Top two, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's all of the classic tropes are there. Not even just for tokusatsu, but like werewolf Nazi soldiers. Something that transcends time for some reason. <laughs> it's, it's better than like zombie Nazis yeah. or yeah. Nazis on the moon. Yeah. Even, even once again, werewolf of London. There's, a, there's zombie Nazis in that. It's just oh, like yeah. it's zombie werewolf Nazis. Pinnacle so. of the genre. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, I I'm gonna give this series of episodes a five out of five as well to make all four episodes possibly in the Platinum Zord Club. But uh, it, they were all just so fun. I was worried like, okay, we're getting a new series of Mask. Are they gonna be as entertaining as old ones? All the new ones were really fun. Mm-hmm. They're really fucked up looking. They had yeah. stupid powers. I love that. And then, like, we get a boat chase. We get a whole espionage episode that's also the werewolf episode. We get police officers being evil. Everything I love to see on television. So that is that is definitely something I want to add on to my review. Uh, villain after villain just crushing it with design and theme. Yeah, Their bangers. themes may not be, like, always consistently, like, sensical, but yeah, vibe-wise, vibe they're immaculate. Yeah, that's once again, really Mark Beep Scepter, so... <laughs> We're running on vibes yeah. the whole time here, so... It's the first all-good vibes show made. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, either one of you for what you want to say for reviews? I mean, I'm... I'm... Werewolf episode, five out of five. Yeah. Platinum, Platinum Zord Club. Like, of yeah. course. Platinum Zord Club. Uh... I feel like we have more to watch. I don't want to give this a five out of five. Yeah. I'll give it four overall a four and a half That's out fair. of five. Just because which they, range are you cutting in half? Huh? Yeah, which oh we should say when you do the review, which range are you cutting out? Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm not. I feel like the either the green or the red. Yeah. I'll, I'll give red the little more edge because they're kind of the leader. Yeah. I mean, but they are, but they're they're a real basic bitch. Yeah, they're yeah. very basic and he's also uh, like old and ugly. Yeah, yeah. I kinda hate him. Yeah. I like him be young and pretty. Yeah. Uh and or then, imagine kissing him. And then Green's whole thing is like military industrial yeah. complex. I don't know their whole deal. Uh but uh Peggy and uh Curry Boy are like Yeah, they're they're and I even I even like cowboy. Green. I'm yeah. into cowboy too. I do it, like cowboy. Uh, Calbo, I guess is what I would call him. Calbo. Uh, uh, I've been nicknaming all of them because I can't. The yeah. names are not. I'm getting better with it. Like yeah. when I watch the episodes, I'm starting to. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, Peggy. Peggy's the only one where I'm like Peggy because Peggy. Peggy always does some bally shit, and I'm into it. Momo Ranger. Yeah, yeah. Momo Ranger. I just love her name's Peggy. Yeah, she's so which eventually they based off for King of the Hill. That's where they got inspiration. <laughs> and I have a stepmom named Peggy, so I feel weird. It all started with my stepmom. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, but four and a half out of five Rangers for these four episodes, and I'm excited for it to amp up even more. Yeah, uh, you know, last time we we all kind of agreed four out of five. We were a little hesitant about going forward, and and I kind of agreed with what you said last time, Brandon, about mm-hmm. how. Uh, not sure how excited we're going to be about seeing the soccer ball at episode 80. And I, I, <laughs> last episode, over, I kind of pushed back. I was like, I don't know. There seems to be a little variation in here. I'm getting like more and more excited for it, at least in the early stages. And I think those questions are still valid, how well this is going to hold up. Because like, we are not six years old. We are yeah. <laughs> uh, all in our 30s, at least, I guess. And mentally, uh, I'm at least 10. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Least 10, so, so they can't get me with that. Well, I'm mature. You're experiencing this in a very above-the-shoulders kind of way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there has been a lot, uh, uh, a surprising amount of variation in the form. Uh, I really like how like the seventh episode ended with a little teaser into next week. I like mm-hmm. how, love how we got the 
the uh, voiceover of Peggy's thoughts a couple of times. Uh, we see different skills that we didn't expect the soldiers and masks to have. Yeah. And uh, because we keep cutting back to the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan, yeah. uh, <laughs> always concerning. He's gonna, you know, like he's he's his his presence is always kind of fun, and I feel like there might be a couple of surprises. I know it's going to be formulaic, but I'm I'm getting more and more optimistic. I. I think for all intents and purposes, this, these were five out of five. Nice. Uh, Hell yeah. I hear, I, I hear your hesitancy about that half ranger, but there's nobody I can cut in half here. They're all just too beautiful. Uh, yeah, like I, I even love the Curry. I love the Green Ranger uh, alone just because he's got a cool boomerang. <laughs> he does have a dope weapon. I like that he's mad and angry and dumb. Yeah, I, I like that about him too. We gotta yeah. think about this. No, I got a fist fight poison guy. <laughs> I think the, the only ranger who I'm not a huge fan of is Red, just because he's old and ugly. Yeah. yeah. And that, he fights so. with a rope. Oof. Yeah. His limp, wet rope. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If he becomes, like, super fucking kinky in a bit, like, I'm down for him. If they built that in as a character arc of him slowly just getting more and more into kink, yeah. what a good series. He's like, yeah. If not, I hate it. He's like, I got his older, and, and this has awakened something in me. Like, that, that very, like... Wait, rope, rope bondage. It's right there in my own culture. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's a. It, we'll see. It could happen. I can't say. I haven't seen an episode eighty-seven. If that exists, I don't think it does. Um, all right, I'm gonna get to our stupid game section. Then we'll do the recommendation plugs. I thought it'd be fun to keep doing this. Oh yeah, can I drop in my uh, my little oh, segment right. here? I'm gonna do that. I have a little oh, yeah. thing I wanted oh, to bring to you guys. As a steamrolling too quick. Though. No man, we're we're we we got a we got a formula and we're gonna get to it. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes because the day after we recorded a couple of weeks ago, uh, I watched a film that quickly became one of my all time favorites, mm. and it got me interested in a person from recent Japanese history that uh, had me thinking about. Uh, go the Go Rangers. What the sort of like imagery is of them, sort of in their uniforms, what they what they might represent culturally. Um, and so there was an there was a really interesting cultural event that happened in Japan in 1970, uh, just a few years before the production of this show. And it's going to relate back. But how many of you know about the Japanese author Yukio Mishima? Oh, I do. You know about Yukio Mishima? Well, feel free to jump in as I sort of go through some of this story. I don't know. How much do you know about his his life? and. His I know work? a lot about it. One of my favorite uh, novels is At the Temple of the Golden Pavilion. Okay, um, yeah. Which is which is referenced pretty heavily in the film yeah. that I watched. And also I've read Behind the Mask, too. Confessions uh, of a Mask. Confessions of a yeah. Mask, that's what it is. Um, he... Uh, I'll let you go on because he's he's an interesting character. He's really interesting. So he uh, uh, he had a life. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, I want to start with Confessions of a Mask actually because uh, he first became famous. Now Yukio Mishima is not his. Uh, I actually want to go back to his childhood. It's not his given name. It was a, a pen name. Uh, his real name is is different. I don't have it in front of me. I actually had some notes written up and lost the draft of it. Yeah. But. Uh, it's a chosen name, and uh, the idea of presentation and image and choosing how you're going to be perceived uh, becomes very important in his life. When he wrote Confessions of a Mask, uh, when it was released, actually, it was 1940. Mm. And Confessions of a Mask is interesting because it is a gay book. Mm. It is about a gay character. And in 1940, this became an international bestseller and got him considered for the uh, Nobel Prize for Literature. 
which he would be considered for two more times, although he never won. Um, Makes him a huge literary star all over the world, especially in Japan. And he goes on to publish uh, several more plays and novels, poems, uh, becomes a massive figure in Japanese culture for for the next 30 years. Uh, He stars in and makes a couple of films. And his life was always uh, sort of an expression of art. He tried to do things for for beauty and for art. It was very important to him. Concepts of masculinity. He had some very interesting ideas about the concept of masculinity and how that relates to beauty and Mm -hmm. how that relates to uh, how one should choose to live their life. Which are which are really interesting, and I and I strongly recommend this film, uh, Mishima: A Life in Four Chapters, which I'll I'll get into more in recommendations. Um, as Mishima comes from a very rich family, uh, they're closely connected to Japanese aristocracy, and when he was young, he did not get a chance to fight in World War Two. He was deferred because he was uh, believed to have TB, although he did not. Uh, and he felt that that was a bit of a, uh, a bit of shame for yeah. him. He, he's the classic sickly boy. He was very he's sick. Like, as Mama, a kid. I yeah. wish to go to war. And, and later, you know, he got very into physical fitness. And as he became more famous and more rich and more powerful, he uh, the long story short is that eventually he decided to create his own army. He created a cool. army of ninety twinks. <laughs> At least I call them twinks. All, all college age young men. When we look back, history will label them twinks. They, was, I just want to say that this is the story of Mishima and his twink army, uh, and what they did one day in 1970, uh, which was, uh, you know, Mishima had this army. They modeled themselves after what they believed to know about samurai. Um, the book, the Hagakuri, I believe. Is yeah, it's the, about. Is it about Bushido? Right? Uh, well, no, it's it's uh, it's about uh, it's it's uh, ways of living for samurai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that they studied a lot and trained together. They had very, basically they're doing like uh, like MMA style training uh, and carrying samurai swords around Tokyo, which was totally illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and still is. Uh, but they were getting away with it because Mishima. And one day he takes his uh, number two, he, who he was absolutely in a romantic relationship with, and three other of his guard, and he uh, takes them to a military garrison, the Japanese Self-Defense Force. And they're let in because he's famous. They go to see the general at the garrison um, under the guise of sort of presenting these young men with a chance to meet the general for their... their, their uh, uh, courageous work in Mishima's private army. And so they go and uh, they kidnap the general. Cool. And they demand, they barricade themselves in the office. There's actually a little bit of a sword fight. Uh, one of the guards gets slashed across the back with a sword. <laughs> this is all real. I was going to ask Twink Army what kind of sword fight. These are samurai swords. Oh, okay. I thought it was fun for a second. I just saw you. No. This sounds like you hopped ahead in the show. <laughs> and you're just explaining episodes we're about to watch because this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm spoiling this point in the story is because it's a well-known piece of J- modern Japanese history. Um, and there's this fight. They demand that Mishima be allowed to address the garrison. And so they get the general to order everybody to gather uh, on a below balcony. And Mishima goes out and he gives this speech. And his speech is all about how 
uh, Japan needs to return to its um, uh, roots as an empire. They need to worship the emperor more, that the soldiers have a duty to do this, and that by being a part of this sort of weak Japanese self-defense force, they're sort of betraying their duty to their country and to their emperor. He is booed, shouted down. He There's bombed? a helicopter flying around. He totally bombs. He gets no laughs. Uh, and he gets shouted off stage. And then he does what he planned to do, which is he goes back into the office and he commits seppuku. And his second commits seppuku. And when the other remaining... Uh, uh, insurrectionists are arrested they are charged not with trying to overthrow the government or kidnapping or assaulting people with swords they're charged with assisting in a suicide oh, and man. creating a public nuisance yeah. hey keep it down up there <laughs> quiet suicides please <laughs> and Mishima loud. essentially uh, is very diminished from public view. You know, uh, Japanese culture uh, tends to not absorb its failures very well, and he was seen as a failure at this point. Mm. Um, but uh, his books were still widely read, still widely published, including in Japan. And several years later, um, about 17 years later, uh, they went on to make this film, which I'll talk about uh, at the end of the show. But... Um, the way I wanted to relate this to what we are talking about is his <laughs> obsession with the samurai and the way that he created this little army. Um, the Hagakuri, if you, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Hagakuri? Sounds right. Uh, Sounds about right. Uh, we'll go with it. It's supposed to be a way of living for samurai. And the truth is that it was written about 200 years after samurai were completely gone from Japan. Mm. No samurai ever read or lived by the Hagakuri. And as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of samurai, maybe even most, did a lot of raping and pillaging. Yeah. And they didn't live by much of a uh, honorable code at all. Uh, they enriched themselves and other members of their class. Yeah. Proto-policemen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's something, maybe you guys will not agree, but I think there's something really amazing about this sort of definitive failure in 1970. When Mishima sort of gets obsessed with these old Japanese tropes. The The samurai is a trope, right? It's not yeah. really a thing the way it's considered in popular culture here or in Japan. No. Um, and I think that there is something so, uh, so public about what he did with his army and this little insurrection and his, and his suicide uh, that sort of echoes a few years into the future. And it sounds a little silly, but when we get the Go Rangers, they are not samurai, right? They're not they're they're living by some sort of code, but it's not it's not a code code. It's not a capital C code. Yeah. They have a boss. There's a system in place. They're part of the bureaucracy, right. essentially. They're essentially a part of the government, right? right. And uh the idea of these saviors is really gone. A lot of the imagery persists, right? A lot of the costumes of the good and bad characters in this might look like um, some historical figure that, that may or may not have actually existed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I was obsessed with this idea. I'm hearing myself rant about it. I don't know how it's landing I mean, on you guys. I gotta get it right away because like we have episode two with the Iron Mask, and that's like... That's a Mishima boy right there, right? I feel, I feel like yeah. he's living by the code. He's probably sleeping with one or two of his soldiers. 
He was gonna announce <laughs> he's how definitely he's definitely sleeping yeah. with them. He's gonna announce to like how we gotta go back to worshiping Black Cross Fuhrer better. We need to be giving our our time and money to him. And then they were like, no, no, boo. And then of course he still went through it, which he planned to take a soccer ball and hit it against himself at the end of the episode. Regardless, <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> like I think you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Are you saying like that kind of influenced? I think that. Or was that it? Was that like a response to that? I would kind of trying that, to. I think glamorize. that the presentation of these heroes of the Rangers, yeah. is a is an evolution of away from the trope of samurai as protectors, like like the new modern ideal of these kinds yeah. of protectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're. These are these are just government agents. They're just doing their job, yeah. and they right. fuck they're, it up all, often. Yeah. Which is a lot of people's yeah. really bad at it. A lot they of red tape. Curry. They're yeah. just they're just civil servants, you know. Uh, they might be just be getting a paycheck. I'm starting to question their motives. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. they're just it's doing not it for just the, the paycheck. It's also revenge. Yeah, it's also revenge, which we're, is important. Yeah, which, our taxes I mean, are paying for this curry that he's eating, and I'm not yeah, happy. I'm going to agree. I feel like without him and that reaction, we wouldn't have Go Rangers. That's exactly what I was trying to say. No, I, I, I think that you know because Mishima's life was so public, and so many of the uh, choices that he made at the end of his life were intended to be an artistic statement, mm-hmm. and because of how tied up he was in his own mind and his, and the the reality of his army was, they're both sort of tied up in these historical archetypes right yeah uh that can't really exist in the modern world it's, it's it the doesn't classic. work yeah. he goes out onto that balcony and makes a very impassioned speech it's mm. written down it's transcribed you can read it he, it's, it's his words are very powerful but the ideas simply do not land with the soldiers he's talking to he didn't they read his audience not interested no. um he didn't read his audience at all and so you have to have like i feel like you don't have to get away from the idea that samurai are saviors after that point. I don't think this is the thing that kills that trope. But I think when you're making a show a few years after, it's still relevant to think about this very public failure Mm -hmm. and how that can have an impact on an entertainment industry because of his position in the entertainment industry. And... Yeah, on art as a whole, basically, right? Absolutely. So samurai aren't cool, essentially, anymore. And you have to have something new. And it has to be modern and it has to be silly and it has to have disco music and it just cannot be a fucking I think it's a pretty solid argument and I think it's so funny to see that he did the classic move that we see nowadays of like those men that base their whole masculine personality and concepts of the alpha male and then you find out that the whole alpha male papers and findings of scientists was on captivated wolves and they don't behave that way in the wild so they've had to reject that yeah. that's been known for the a while. wolves actually do not act that yeah, way at all they're actually very social and caring empathetic when they're in the wild is together in packs so. they will jump through flaming hoops yeah. you know they, they will, will go oh woo yeah they're gonna make silly little noises when they scrap yeah it's exactly like those guys who fucking fetishize Roman philosophers were like no these people lived in the perfect era these samurai lived with such honor and such, yeah. such oh, and purity it's, yeah. and such and a pure Drive. And it's always so funny that they're always like, and they were they were manly men, and they knew how to make love to women. Well, you had it all until you said the woman part. Yeah, yeah. it's about femboys now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's true. It all comes full circle, yeah. you know. Um, for my stupid game section, <laughs> stupid games. I was gonna ask you. I think the fun thing I've noticed is like asking you. I'm gonna give you three titles, and I'm gonna ask you the description of which one you think this fits. 
So there are four FBI agents, all stationed in Japan from different countries, that eventually have to come together after the fifth agent's father is killed by the leader of Ego, which is this evil organization, and together they can use their powers uh, and their giant robot to finally take him out. Am I describing the series Dinsai Sentai Dinzaman, Kaigaku Sentai Dynaman, or Battle Fever J? I gotta go Battle Fever J. Uh, the second one. I'm torn between Dynaman. those two, but I love that. I gotta go with my heart. Battle Fever Battle J. Fever you J both, is good. You both get a point in, off the bat. Battle yes, Fever J is the one. Too cool a name to not. Such a cool <laughs> name. My favorite thing about Battle Fever J, I've talked about it actually in the last episode, I saw any of the factoids about this at work the other day, too. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, cutting like to the color coding and how they do this, each of the rangers in this season are after the countries they worked at, so you have Captain Japan as the main character. Um, I love that they also have... Um, uh, it's Captain France. He's the Blue Ranger, which is the color character. Yeah, and stupid American. Yeah, you have uh, Captain Kenya, which is the first Black Ranger. Uh, it's, yeah, he's a Japanese guy, so which is kind of weird, but it's like the first Black Ranger. <laughs> but then they also have the original have, Japanese yeah. were Blacks. Is what have, they would say. Then they have Battle Cossack, which is like the, the basically the USSR one. Wait, wait. Battle Cossack. Yeah. That's a cool name. It is. Cossacks. Did a lot of ethnic cleansing. Yes, they did. I don't think they did Some, their research. They killed a lot of Jews and pogroms. Someone maybe refer to that as yeah. battling. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also he's the first orange ranger technically too. Orange, hell yeah! Because right. of the colors of orange and uh, black they used to use for Cossacks. Breaking uh, the cleansing. So many color for barriers. The yeah. Yeah. And then finally you have uh, establishes. And then you have uh, Miss Battle USA, which of course is the original USA agent, and she's the Pink Ranger. Because um, as famously the colors of the United States flag, pink, white, and blue. No. Um, her name I thought it was Battle pink, USA. Pink pink. Yeah. Wait, her name is Miss Battle USA. It's either Miss Battle USA or, so, or 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 something is silly along those lines. I'm gonna pull it up here again. Yeah, we're gonna need verification on yeah. that because it's fucking sick. Well, I mean, also if we get like actual like Sentai fans, they will go insane and never stop tweeting at me yeah. if I don't get it correct. It kind of reminds me of the the movie Alita Battle Angel. Yeah. You guys know that one? Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron's okay. script. Mm-hmm. So it's bad. It's actually not Captain Japan. It's Battle Japan, Battle Cossack, Battle France, Battle Kenya, and then Miss America. <laughs> oh. Okay, now this this is not really a part of the game that you can participate or get points for. I just want you right now, I want you to all imagine what Miss America looks like from Battle Fever of J, and then I'm going to show you a picture of what she looks like. I'll ask you maybe for a description. Like what are what are y'all descriptions? What do you think? I'm like? thinking blonde, big feathered hair. Okay. Fair uh, faucet. Yeah, like that look mm-hmm. of but like a Japanese woman. I right I can only think of Bo Derek's. Oh, a little break call. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, what's her face who replaced Eric's sister on that '70s show. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember her name. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. I have to give. I have to give. Well, actually, I gotta look up Bo Derek real quick. <laughs> well, well, you're gonna laugh at this. <laughs> it's a great guess. <laughs> okay, so everybody gets a point. Because <laughs> let me show you. See, somehow it looks like everything you all described. I'm not joking. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, wait, oh my god, she's here. perfect. That's incredible. That is you, pretty much what I had in mind. All of you together have described exactly what Miss America looks like. It's... Which 
is a like a Sentai costume where they literally put a blonde wig on her and then she has like a leotard and then like weird blue gloves. A little on. tiny cape, yeah. yeah. She's got like a, a, a Stars and Stripes shield yeah. on her <laughs> leotard. Okay, I, I feel like I'm gonna go through and I, I should show the Battle Fever J team because they are all weird but kind of dope costumes at the same time and then we'll we'll do our recommendation of plugs. We've been going long but it's it's fun. Look at Battle Cossack, too. He's got the, the sickle and hammer, too, which is great. That's sick. Yeah, he's got that. God, these these early Tokusatsu shows just have such fucking what's, good costumes. Yeah, what's just freaking the drip me out alone about, is uh, just... Battle Cossack's freaking me out a little bit because he's he's got a, a, a belt with all the, the pelts of the Jews that he's got. Yeah. <laughs> and the Jew skin. pelts. I, I do like that uh, the Battle Kenya does actually have kind of like a cool Black Panther vibe to him from like the 70s comics. Yeah. So they did make him kind of puma like. Which like is, I mean, he had his own. It's a cool look. He had his own dressing room, which he, was pretty if nice. If they threw a little bit buddy. more more red on his costume, he'd kind of have like the green, yellow, red. Oh yeah. Africa thing. The first Hotep Ranger. I'm in. <laughs> yes. He's gonna tell some real fucking truth. The Zords were built in Egypt. See, you know, like Louis Farrakhan built the droids. They're like okay, my favorite thing. On, no, no Black Cross ever called me the. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing that can replace this, and that's why I think Elon Musk should go to jail if he does destroy Twitter. Which is the beauty of seeing the Black Twitter crossover of somebody from Black Twitter posting about one of their uncle hotep's have posted about for one of their theories or conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> It's you can't get that. It's just you can't get that anywhere else. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm looking at pictures of Battle Fever J Miss America. <laughs> I don't know. I could be a whole new pod. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to go quick for recommendations and plugs. We'll just get into it right away. Uh, pause there so I could get the drop in easier. I'm going to recommend, I started watching uh, Doujinjers, which is a modern tokusatsu show that's a comedy parody on all of these. And the only reason I wanted to mention it is because um, there's just a really funny part in the first episode I watched where the main character's trying to have like a speech against the villain. And it's so funny the villain does not take him serious at all. He's like, oh, you want to join my game? Hey, bring out the pelts, boys. Bring out the pelts. And literally, a henchman comes out with a wolf pelt and puts him on. I was like, yeah, you look kind of cool like that right now. You want to join my bad guys? He's <laughs> like, no, I don't want the pelt. I'm not a baby. Um, it's, it's a really weird show, but I'm really enjoying it That's so far. Um, yeah. So yeah, check out Dojinja. It's really easy to download illegally. Um, uh, I don't recommend something because uh, I'm a huge fighting game fan. I'm a big fan of... Uh, you know the fight games yeah, yeah. and just Japanese culture in general and the, the bombastic nature of all of the action and fights and stuff that uh, there is a game series called Guilty Gear and I highly re recommend any of the iterations of it there's three different iterations my favorite's the original one uh, Guilty, Go uh, Guilty Gear Accent Core plus R that's like the most fine-tuned version of the original version and it's it's like it goes on sale on Steam for like $2. Ooh. And if you like things like uh, uh, Kaijin stuff and like, you know, wild concepts like Miss America, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the game is a fighting game and the man that made it based all of the characters off of rock and roll and like metal. Yeah. You know, like the main 
character's name is Soul Bad Guy, and he's based off of Freddie Mercury from Queen. And it's super intense and super anime, and it's 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 a blast. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a great film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was instantly sold when I played it, and I got to play as Dr. Foss, which is a yeah. giant tall doctor whose weapon's a giant uh, scalpel, and he wears a bag on his head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> he doesn't. Depends on his mood. Oh, uh, you know, I'll, I, I'll recommend a game I've been playing recently. I uh, started a Hypnospace Outlaw recently with my oh, partner. Oh, that's a good one. Real, real interesting game. It's a, it, it's a fake version of late 90s internet where you are <laughs> a moderator on a web service that people use in their sleep. Oh, fuck. No. Oh. It's, it's, Jesus it's, Christ. It's, it's, it's really neat. All, all of the music in the game is completely original, made just for the game, and it's fucking sick as hell. The, the the web design itself it's it's like tripping into the most beautiful time machine that sounds wild that sounds great it's high recommendation what's it called again a hypnospace outlaw and if you've ever heard of hot dad he did a bunch of music for it under the name chowder man it's great that's a really funny name <laughs> incredible recommendation oh. just for the name i gotta go back to my recommendation real quick too i forgot the funny pun in japanese is dojinjers translates to basically to y'all rangers <laughs> like they're joking like they're cl- they're colloquial for saying y'all rangers so y'all rangers yeah. really funny to me uh I'm going to be recommending, uh, I've been really getting into the films of Paul Schrader. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is the director of Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. That's the first of his films I'm going to recommend. I watched it a couple weeks ago, quickly became one of my like top ten all time. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible film. I just want to tell you a little bit about the structure of the film because it's really interesting. It is indeed four chapters. Each of the first three chapters are split into three um, storytelling modes. The first one is shot in black and white, and it's the real bio, uh, biographical details of Mishima's life as a younger man. The second is shot in color, and it's the events leading up to his last day and on his last day. And the third is shot in very surrealist sort of uh, stage sets, mm-hmm. kind of Brechtian stages, and those are mm-hmm. adaptations of some of his novels and in mm-hmm. segments. Uh, beautiful, incredible film. Great performances, directed by Paul Schrader, uh, written and adapted by him, his brother, and his sister-in-law, Chaco Schrader, who uh, is a very well-known figure in the Japanese film community going back several decades, and also a really prominent translator uh, historically for Japanese newspapers. She's a really interesting person in her own right. Um, And as an addendum to my earlier rant about uh, Mishima's life, my sources on that were the film commentaries, uh, largely, including some interviews with Chaco um, that are available on the Criterion channel, as well as an episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast, oh, hosted podcast. by Joe Kasabian, yeah. military history podcast. It's really fun. The, um, the battleship Yamato episode is really great. It's also about Japanese culture of them like we gotta make out. we gotta make a battleship so big it doesn't work, <laughs> <laughs> which is literally what happens in the whole episode. This, this episode this shows a riot. Just yeah. like the, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Like making that. fun of incompetent people is, yeah. is great. Uh, but I do want to say, films of Paul Schrader, Mishima: a Life in Four Chapters, American Gigolo. If you want to see Richard Gere hang dong, that's um, classic. It's a great movie. You son of a bitch, I'm um, in. <laughs> and there's a more modern. Uh, banger uh, First Reformed which came out a few years ago I didn't ago. realize he was First Reformed uh, a modern classic yeah. and uh, considered one of the best movies of the year it came out so nice. check it out yeah it's pretty it's, it's great all around these are all great recommendations I hope you all had fun sure I did 
I, I mean, I'm going to stick with our sign-off, which is, like, if it, life's giving you issues, give them the soccer ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the storm, baby. Yeah, give them the storm. The storm is coming. You know what? The storm is coming. And where one goes, we all go. Okay, Oh, goddamn QAnon, man. Oof. Silly organization. Thanks for coming Silly. through, Martin. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys for having yeah. me. Super fun. Yeah, and we'll Thanks. never have you back. We regret that you have not yet complied with our order. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. in my throat. <laughs> <laughs>